KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Tonight's show is all about the killing of black men, women, and children at the hands of the police. On tonight's show, we'll hear music protesting police brutality. Listen to sounds of black leaders and entertainers talk about unity in the black community and talk about an organization called Black on Black Conversation Against Police Brutality started for black men. We'll discuss the talk a tough conversation black parents are having with their kids about police brutality. All that tonight and more. I'm your host, Bernard. Keep it locked to Full Circle on KPFA. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. Stand clear. Done, man. I chop. You can't stand where I stand. You can't walk where I walk. Watch out. We run New York. Policeman come. We bust them off the park. KRS-One. Again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. I'm your host, Bernard. I'm here tonight to talk about police brutality against black men, women, and children. I'm a black man dealing with police brutality. Growing up in Detroit, Michigan, in a single-parent home, 
I had a great childhood, not fearing the police. That didn't start till I was a teenager. I can remember one experience as if it was yesterday of police brutality that happened to me. I was 23, 24 years old, living in Chicago. Within 15 minutes of me leaving my apartment, walking down the street, I approached an intersection. Standing on the corner, waiting for the light to change, I could see a white police officer across the street, facing me, waiting for the light to change as well. Within minutes of us passing each other, the officer turned and said, Hey you, come here. I turned around and said, Are you talking to me? He said, Yes, you, come here. As I turned and walked back towards the officer, he said, You didn't speak to me. And I said, I didn't know I had to. But how you doing? Have a good day. I turned around and started to walk away. When he said, Come here. Let me see your ID. What's your name? I gave him my name and he told me I had to speak to him from now on whenever I saw him. I was to address him as, hello, Officer James. And for not speaking, you're under arrest. Turn around. He put me in handcuffs and walked me two blocks through the streets to the police station where I sat in jail from 10 a.m. with no food, no water, no phone call, every sound I heard, I thought they were on their way to my cell to beat me up. I was terrified. It was around 10 p.m. when the cell door opened and I was told I could leave. No explanation, no paperwork, just leave. I didn't speak to anyone or ask any questions. I just left. I told only a few friends. I didn't get physically abused by the police that day, just psychologically. Their job was done.
too many families that's been affected by a wrongful death. This system and this country has tore apart my family and our family. You can't have a black family and be together. How many more funerals do we gotta go to? And how many more scenes of the crime do we gotta watch them chalk out black figures on the concrete before we realize that the only way for us to ever get out of this predicament is to struggle to survive? change we gotta fight for it ain't nobody gonna give it to us we just gonna have to take it Care About Us by Michael Jackson and Holla If You Hear Me by Tupac. Malcolm X was a minister and leader in the civil rights movement, assassinated February 21, 1965. On April 27, 1962, two Muslim brothers are questioned by Los Angeles police while uploading suits from a car in front of their mosque. A scuffle leads to gunfire and one man is killed by police. May 20th, 1962, Malcolm X speech addressing police brutality. Don't scare Negroes today with no badge or no white skin or no white sheet or no white anything else. The police the same way. They put their club upside your head and then turn around and accuse you of attacking them. Every case of police brutality against a Negro follows the same pattern. They attack you, bust you all upside your mouth, and then take you to court and charge you with assault. 
What kind of democracy is that? What kind of uh, freedom is that? What kind of social or political system is it when a black man has no voice in court? Has no nothing on his side other than what the white man chooses to give him. My brothers and sisters, we have to put a stop to this. And it will never be stopped until we stop it ourselves. They attack the victim. And then the criminal who attacked the victim accuses the victim of attacking him. This is American justice. This is American democracy. And those of you who are familiar with it know that in America, democracy is hypocrisy. Now, if I'm wrong, put me in jail. Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday. Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 KPFA. I'm your special guest host tonight, Bernard Henderson, a graduate of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, Group 35. We called ourselves Yabasta. In 1991, watching Rodney King's beating on the news, and then all the police officers involved in kicking him beating him with their batons as he lied there on the ground, were acquitted. My life changed forever. A part of me died inside. The memory of being locked up in Chicago for not speaking to a white officer as he walked past me. In that jail cell for more than 12 hours, I was terrified. And now, I'm officially scared of the police. Who had the camera? Where was the camera? Oh, my God, they caught this on camera. It was one of the most disturbing things uh, uh, that we'd seen on video. The videotaped beating of Rodney King left many Los Angeles residents outraged. It was like the first time we had actually seen it. So it was, it was shocking, but at the same time, it was wonderful. Because now we 
Americans, we African Americans, we had evidence of our claims of you know injustice and mistreatment. The idea of watching that that video originally. Give me a reaction to when you saw the Rodney King video. Give me what you felt initially. I was waiting for somebody to stop it. And the fact that no one came and no one was able to stop it. The Rodney King video in and of itself ignited a culture of wanting to get involved. There was no way that these officers could not be held responsible for their action. There was no way they could be acquitted. Now we would certainly see justice being done. The Rodney King video laid the groundwork for black activism because it showed that this was a level of brutality that no one had ever seen. It also showcased that you really didn't have a choice to not get involved. I think that the Rodney King video was so pivotal in terms of black activism. What happened to Rodney King without that video would probably never have even made the news. With that video, that Rodney King beating became a huge story. We the jury find the defendants not guilty. When the officers were acquitted, it literally said that you could beat a black man in the street, the world could see it, and yet it made no difference. So it was more than a, than a betrayal. The message it sent, what it said to me was, is that I was worthless. Is it getting better? It's very hard for me to say that it's getting better. Mothers are still going to be telling their kids to fear for the police, telling their kids to avoid the police at all costs. Because to be honest, there isn't right now anything out there that says that this is going to stop. Right about now, NWA court is in full effect. Judge Dre resigning. In the case of NWA versus the police department, prosecuting attorneys are MC Brand, Ice Cube, and Easy Nigga. Order, order, order. Ice Cube, take the stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help your black ass? You goddamn right. But won't you tell everybody what the hell you gotta say? The police coming straight from the underground. A young got it back, cause I'm brown. And not the other color, so police think they have the authority to kill a minority. That's cause I ain't the one for a punk with a badge and a gun to be beaten on. And thrown in jail, we can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell. And they're selling narcotics. You rather see me in the pen than me and Lorenzo rolling in a benzo. Be the police out of shape, and when I finish, bring the yellow tape to tape off the scene of the slaughter. Still getting swallowed up bread and water. I don't know if they the what. Search it down and grabbing this and on the other hand, without a gun, they can't get none. But don't let it be a black and a white one, cause they'll slam you down to the street top. Black police showing out for the white cop. Ice Cube will swarm on any in a blue uniform. Just cause I'm from the CPT, punk police are afraid of me. Huh? A young on the warpath. And when I finish, it's gonna be a bad of cops in LA. Yo, Dre, I got something to say. That was F the Police by NWA. Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 FM. KPFA and KPFA.org. I'm your host, Bernard, and I'm here tonight talking about the killing of black men, women, and children at the hands of the police. 
The Talk, a tough conversation black parents are having with their kids about police brutality. My mom never had the talk with me. I think instead of talking to our children, we should be talking to the police about our list of demands on the treatment of black people. And the first demand on our list is no black child under the age of 16 should ever be put in handcuffs. For more information on talking to the police instead of talking to our children, go to blackonblackconversation.org and join the conversation. Listen to Oprah on having the talk with young black children, Oprah's 100 Black Fathers. In this clip, Oprah speaks to Glenn, a father to a black son, about the difficulties and urgencies on which black parents prepare their children for the realities of racism, white supremacy, and police violence. Glenn, I hear you could see um, the innocence, the moment the innocence start, started leaving your son's face, uh, which is the reason why Tyler hasn't had the conversation yet. And that just really is so, breaks my heart. Yeah, well, it, it breaks my heart too. You know, My wife was super reluctant to have the conversation and basically, we didn't want to wait until we didn't have an option. Uh, like Armand, you know, he basically had to explain what was happening. And so I, we don't know how long before we're going to be in, confronted with these type of situations. And so we kind of want to get ahead of it. Uh, you know, I always tell people like, we have to be the first ones to introduce these conversations because someone can come along and contaminate what you think or how you feel about other races um, because they introduce it to your children first. And so... Um, it was more trying to prepare them. And I'm even emotional watching it because I'm like, you can see it. You can watch the innocence leave. And it's a ushering out of joy that, you know, you hate to do it. It, it pains you, but it's kind of like, I need you to know how to survive. An emotional scene from ABC TV's Blackish, a sitcom about the everyday lives of an African-American family. Season two, episode 16 Air 2016, an episode about the realities and fear of police brutality. A very serious topic for a sitcom. The lawyer speaking. It's important in the midst of all the public vilifying of the police department, whose members acted completely within procedure, to remember Mr. McQuillan was no angel. What? What does that mean? Why would they even say that? What does that even mean? Talking about somebody's child. That could easily be one of these children here. That could have been one of us. No, yes. sweetie, no, no. Because if you get stopped by the cops, you are going to do exactly what they say, okay? She's right. Listen to me. If you have to talk to the cops, there's only seven words you need to know. Yes, sir. No, sir. And thank you, sir. Exactly. You make sure you live to fight your case in court. You hear me? Oh, mama, enough. Wake up. Let's say they listen to the cops and get in the car. Look what happened to Freddie Gray. Yeah, and what if they make it all the way to the station? Mm-hmm. You remember Sandra Bland? And let's say they do make it to trial. Mm-hmm. You see where that gets us? Don't you get it, Bo? The system is rigged against us. Maybe it is, Dre. But I don't want to feel like my kids are living in a world that is so flawed that they can't have any hope. Oh, so you want to talk about hope, Bo? Obama ran on hope. Remember when he got elected? And, and, and we felt like maybe, just maybe, we got out of that bad place and made it to a good place. That, that the whole country was really ready to turn the corner. 
You remember that amazing feeling we had during the inauguration? I was sitting right next to you. And we were so proud. And we saw him get out of that limo and walk alongside of it and wave to that crowd. Tell me you weren't terrified when you saw that. Tell me you weren't worried that someone was going to snatch that hope away from us like they always do. That is the real world, Bo. And our children need to know that that's the world that they live in. Watching. Let's see what they're going to say next. A black psychologist's guide to talk with our children about race and police violence from TheRoot.com. According to Faith M. Spro, Ph.D., a licensed psychologist, When it comes to children, developing an awareness of race, it starts at age two and three years old. But in terms of trying to help children really understand it, I would say as young as six, you can actually have some good conversation. In this report, Sproles lays out some very pragmatic tips on how to tackle this. Here are five ways you can talk to your children about the George Floyd uprising, race, and police brutality. You know, one of the things that happens with children is that no matter what happens, they are going to be exposed to things. And they are going to be exposed to other children who talk about these issues. And as a parent, you want the best information to come from you. Given the current climate, a lot of parents are struggling to figure out how to talk to their children about race and what's going on um, in the country right now. These are my five tips for helping parents talk to their children about race and police violence. You want to approach your kids when you feel calm, when you feel level-headed when you've really thought through what it is that you want to say. The anger and anxiety that that parents are feeling right now, that a lot of people are feeling right now, is something that parents shouldn't feel like they have to let go, but they do need to organize it in a way that they can present it to their children. Figure out what your anger looks like and what your anger means and what you want to do about it. What are really the most important things that I want to communicate to my child? Above and beyond anything else, children watch us and how we react to things. So you can talk to your kids all you want, but it's really your modeling and your example that's actually gonna have the most lasting impression. You can help your teenagers understand discrimination and injustice. Those are terms that children that age are capable of understanding. But with younger kids, trying to help them understand what's unfair. How people react to things that are unfair is a different kind of language. Comparing it to examples of when they have experienced things that were unfair. Um, There are books that you can incorporate. And I would say even as young as six, you can actually have some some good discussion. Um, And then for teenagers, you can just simply have more frank discussions. They're getting all of this information. They have their smartphones. 
they have YouTube, they're watching a lot of stuff. It's important to try to figure out what it is that they know, try to give them some space to express themselves, to express their anger and have a conversation with them. A lot of people have their religion, their beliefs, the values that they already have instilled in their family, right? This is how our family handles things. This is how we think about things. You know, what we believe in does come into play in terms of some very basic level of comfort and some level of direction in the same way that you would use those things to communicate with your kids in other instances. I think that this is the time to bring some of those in as well. You know, what it looks like to deal with difficulty, what it looks like to deal with prejudice, what it looks like to deal with discrimination, to help your kids see, you know, kind of a larger context for what's going on. Right now, we're having these intense conversations, these intense talks, we're trying to to help children understand what anger looks like in this context and when they see pictures, when they see protests, you know, to understand why it is that people are doing that, to understand how people express anger and why they're expressing anger. But it can't be, you know, a conversation. It's going to have to be an ongoing process that you want to commit to over time. You might have a conversation with your child and you're just like, you know, did they understand? Did they not understand? Should I have said something differently? You know, that's fine. This is going to be multiple conversations that you're going to have, not just this one conversation now. We have to explain really horrible things to our children all the time. Even my three-year-old child, I actually have had a conversation with her about what it means to run away from mommy and that someone might take you. Those are difficult conversations to have. But at the same time, you know, in terms of communicating, you know, these really awful things that are going on, we also want to make sure that we end that conversation with our children feeling loved and safe, and that there are people who are going to keep them safe so that they don't have a sense of impending doom and, and that's what they walk away with, that, that they are safe and that you're gonna take care of them. You have to help children understand that you shouldn't have to have the talk with them, that it's unfair that you are having a talk with them, but it's important because I think that that's going to be the difficult thing is helping children understand that this is not happening in isolation, right? This is part of a broader social system. This is part of a broader history. And this is what happened when things come to a head. This next record is dedicated to some personal friends of mine, the LAPD. For every cop that has ever taken advantage of somebody, beat them down or hurt them because they got long hair, listen to the wrong kind of music, wrong color, whatever they thought was the reason to do it. For every one of those police, I'd like to take a pig out here in this parking lot and get off of them and the middle Yes. 
Look how I'm geeking up. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on Giddy. Welcome back. You're listening to Full Circle on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and KPFA.org. That was Cop Killer by Ice-T. And this is America by Childish Gambino. 25-year anniversary of the Million Man March. Louis Farrakhan called on African-American men to gather in Washington, D.C. on October 16, 1995. Local chapters of the NAACP, the National African-American Leadership Summit, and the Nation of Islam helped to organize the march. African-American men from all over the U.S. joined the march on Capitol Hill. Listen to what a few of the marchers had to say. I love you! We reach one million black men. Uh, this day is our day, and we want to let them know that the black contingents of men, women, and children have a significant vote in this country. And this is this isn't about uh, Farrakhan. This is about respect, unity, and love for the brothers. And we're trying to get something out of this, out of life. We're tired of being behind everything. We want to be in charge sometimes. We want to unify, and that's what this is about. You know, look at all these brothers around here. We need to do and do it and show the government, hey, 
that we need, we need to have control of our destiny. A teenage orator and motivational speaker, Allende Jean Baptiste, gained national attention when he was invited to speak at the Million Man's March in Washington, D.C. At the age of 12, John Baptiste was the youngest speaker. Listen to his powerful message. My grandfathers, my fathers, my brothers, I lift up my voice and raise it high, telling the stories of your children's cries for our ability to survive the onslaught of the enemy's drugs, guns, and alcohol, his prisons and his killing fields depends directly on whether you are willing to stand up and resist the outrages that are being heaped upon us as a people and build a new society. Yes, the task is difficult. The odds are against you. But you must organize to find a way or make your own way. You must change today so that tomorrow may dare to be different. And when you have fought back and regained your pride, when you have won some battles, when you are able to tell the stories of your heroism, when you can pass on to your young the tradition of struggle through examples of your having stood up for a better tomorrow, when you take control of our institutions, our media, our schools, when you maximize our economic resources towards our own benefits, when you stop making excuses, when you start standing with our mothers, when you stick it out with your families, when you start mentoring our young, when you start teaching us to be humane, then we can build a new nation of strong people. Your sons and daughters will no longer need to belong to gangs because they do belong. Our youth will no longer be seeking drugs as an escape because they would have outlets in our society to develop themselves. When you start setting the conditions for our youth to fulfill their humanities, then we will not be in despair. We will be whole, complete, and hopeful. My fathers, you must shape the vision of tomorrow. But in order for that vision to become a reality, you must rededicate yourself to a new beginning. Go back to your families. Go raise and teach your children. Go back and organize throughout this nation to bring about a better day for our people. Our enemies can destroy us one by one, but no one can stop. One million men organized and committed. Thank you. One million black men organized and committed is one of the things that inspired me to start Black on Black Conversation Against Police Brutality, an organization for black men to save our own lives and stand up against police brutality. After watching George Floyd begging for his life as he lie in the streets with a knee in his neck, enough is enough. Black on Black Conversation was born. For black men to have a conversation about an action plan against police brutality. We have to save our own lives. No one is going to come in and save it for us. We can no longer sit and wait for things to happen to us. 
Black on Black Conversation is about holding the police and the police department accountable for their actions. Black on Black Conversation is about changing laws where it is no longer legal for police to kill black people and get acquitted. Black on Black Conversation is about creating a list of demands on the treatment of black people against police brutality. And our first demand on the list is that no child under the age of 16 should ever be in handcuffs. Black on Black Conversation is about the talk, a tough conversation that black parents are having with their children about police brutality. Black on Black Conversation wants to have a talk with the police about police brutality. Join the conversation at blackonblackconversation.org. Listen to this interview I had with author Lisa Renee Johnson of Surviving the Chase on blackonblackconversation.org. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Lisa Renee Johnson, author of Dangerous Consequences and Surviving the Chase. And I'm here today to talk to Bernard Henderson about police brutality against black men and the organization he started called Black on Black Conversation Against Police Brutality. Hello, Bernard. Hi, Lisa. So why don't you take a moment and tell us a little bit about what is Black on Black Conversation Against Police Brutality? Black on Black Conversation is an organization started for black men to take charge of our lives. We have to save our own lives. Nobody's going to come in and save it for us. The police have been killing us in the street for years, and it's not going to stop as we can see. So is that what you're saying inspired you to start this organization is the fact that you've been watching black men die in the streets? I have been watching black men dying in the streets since I was a child. And, well, I have been watching police brutality since I was a child. The killings didn't start till later. The beatings started and nobody really talked about them until Rodney King was, 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 was videotaped and shown. Um, and once that was out, I thought things were going to change, but they didn't. So do you think the fact that we all have cell phones and the cameras and all of that, that it has, you know, brought to light just how much of a global pandemic, you know, police brutality against black men is? Well, it, the camera phones and all of that hasn't. It hasn't really done much to change the fact that the, people, the police are still killing us. We thought that the body cams on the police, when they put those on their, their uniforms, was going to change something. That still hasn't changed. It still is happening. Black men are being killed in the streets by the police that don't have any weapons. We don't have any guns. We don't have anything. But we're still dying in the streets at the hands of the police. And it has to stop. It has to stop. And the only way it's going to stop is for us to come together and talk to each other and confront this issue and make it stop. Bring the list of demands to the police of what we're going to tolerate from the police. Mm -hmm. So why is black-on-black -black conversation against police brutality only for black men? Because black men have to take charge of our lives. We have to stand up in the community and say, this is not going to happen to us anymore. We're not going to allow you to do this to us anymore. And there are consequences of your actions, police officers, of what you've done. We are talking about changing laws. 
the laws that the police have that they can kill us and get away with it mm -hmm. and no ramifications those laws have to be changed things have to change in order for us in order for things to change mm -hmm. so I noticed that we're on the eve of the Million Man March anniversary and when I think about all the gathering of all the million men and the Day of Atonement, what were the gains for black men as in your opinion? Well, the gains was for us to come together and acknowledge each other okay. and we did that mm -hmm. and it was a beautiful thing and we left there saying oh my god this was wonderful because it was a wonderful experience to see all these black men together but there was no agenda and if there was an agenda then it wasn't passed down to the people that were not necessarily part of the nation of islam so that was a nation of islam event because now um uh, uh minister farrakhan put the event on and bringing a million men to, to washington dc was powerful but we didn't have an agenda of what we as black men needed to do within our own communities. And I don't think I saw that then, but I see it now. That the power that we have of a million men coming together to make something happen. So if we can come together and stand together, then we need to come together and do something, create an action plan, you know? Um, and that's what Black on Black Conversation is about, us coming together and creating an action plan to save our own lives and not let somebody else come in and tell us how we need to conduct the situation. Absolutely. So I think you've created some great points and shown why it's important for black men to convene to take responsibility for themselves. So how do they join the conversation, Bernard? You go to our website, please. Go to the website, blackonblackconversation.org. That's blackonblackconversation.org and join the conversation. And what you receive is a newsletter to tell you what to do next. But yeah, go to our website and join the conversation. And what I want is a million black men to join the conversation. A million black men. We're going to do a million black men virtual, I don't say march, but a million black men joining the conversation against police brutality. Mm -hmm. on blackonblackconversation.org. Let's show our strength in numbers. With an agenda. So I love it. So thank you for taking up the time and creating space in our community that's going to address something that is so, that plagues us so much as black people. So I'm looking forward to what is to come from Black on Black Conversation. So I'll be watching you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Tell us one more time where we can join the conversation. Please go to blackonblackconversation.org. That's blackonblackconversation.org. Last night, people protesting in Minneapolis escalated as demonstrators were lashed by tear gas. And Robert the main message here, the main message, the main here? message here, is that they want to see those officers involved. They want to see those officers arrested. Officers arrested. Arrest, 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 arrest. 
Trade my 4x4 for four, four, GC3, ain't no more free list fee. I gave him chance, a chance, a chance again. I even told him, please. I find it crazy the police to shoot you and know that you dead, but still tell you to freeze. Nope, I seen what I seen. I guess that mean hold him down if he say he can't breathe. It's too many mothers just grieving. They killing us for no reason. Been going on for too long to get even. Throw us in cages like dogs and hyenas. I went to court and they sent me to prison. My mama was crushed when they said I can't leave. First I was drunk, then I sobered up quick when I heard all that time that they gave it to leave. He got a license plus. We just some products of our environment. How the f they gon' blame us? You can't fight fire with fire, I know, but at least we can turn off the flames on. Every color person ain't dumb, and all whites not racist. I be judging by the mind and heart, I ain't really in the faces. Though the way that we living is not getting better, you gotta know how to survive. Crazy, I had to tell all of my loved ones to carry a gun when they going outside. Stay in the mirror whenever you drive. Overprotect to go crazy for mine. You gotta pay attention to the sign. Seem like the blind following the blind. Thinking about everything that's going on. I boost security up in my home. I'm with my kind of they right or they wrong. I call him down here, pick up the phone, and it's five in the morning. He waking up on it. Tell him wherever I'm at, then they coming. I see blue lights, I get scared to start running. That should be crazy, they post to protect us. Swords and handcuffs and arrest us. Why they go home at night, that's messed up. Knowing we needed help, they neglect us. One of them who gon' make them respect us. So I can see in your eye that you fed up. Fuck around, got my shot, I won't let up. They know that we a problem together. They know that we can strum anywhere. That's bigger than black and white. It's a problem with the whole way of life. Can't change overnight. But we gotta start somewhere. Might as well go ahead and start here. We done had a hell of a year. I'ma make it count why I'm here. God is the only man I fear. Kid, I'm going on the front line, he gon' bust your If you come back that gun line, you know when the storm go away, then the sunshine. Gotta put your head in the game when it's crunch time. I want all my sons to grow up to be monsters. I want all my daughters to show out in public. Seem like we losing our country, but we gotta stand up for something, so this what it comes to. Every video I see on my country, I got power now, I gotta say something. Corrupt the police been the problem where I'm from, but I'll be lying if I said it was all of them. I ain't do this for the trend, I don't follow them. Altercation with the law had a lot of them. People speaking for the people, I'm proud of them. Stick together, we can get it up out of them. I can't lie like I don't rap about killing and dope, but I'm telling my I need to vote. I did what I did because I didn't have no choice and no hope. I was forced to just jump in and go. This bullshit is all that we know, but it's time for a change. Got time to be serious, no time for no gang. Ain't taking no more, let us go for them chains. God bless they soul, every one of them names. It's bigger than black and white. It's a problem with the whole way of life. It can't change overnight. But we gotta start somewhere. Might as well go ahead and start here. We didn't have a hell of a year. I'ma make it count why I'm here. God is the only man I fear. They training officers to kill us, then shooting protesters with these rubber bullets. They regular people, I know that they feel us. These scars too deep, they heal us. What happened to COVID? Nobody remember, it ain't making sense. I'm just here to vent. It happened to one of your people, it's different. We get it, the system is wicked, just learn how to pick it. Knowledge is power, I swear I'm a witness. I know that I'm gifted, I won't go too deep, cause I'm scared they'll get me. Ain't scared to admit it, some I can't mention. It's people who can, well here's the chance. I won't take the stand, but I'll take a stand for what I believe. Must not be breathing the air that I breathe. You know that the way that I bleed, you can be. I never been a fan of police, but my neighborhood no, I try to keep peace, so it's only right that I get in the streets. March for a reason, I just on GP. How people die for us to be free. What do you mean? This was a dream. Now we got the power that we need to have. They don't want us with it, and that's why they mad. Yeah. It's bigger than black and white. It's a problem with the whole way of life. It can't change overnight. But we gotta start somewhere. Might as well go ahead and start here. We didn't have a hell of a year. I'ma make it count why I'm here. God is the only man I fear. It's bigger than black and white. It's a problem with the whole way of life. It can't change overnight. But we gotta start somewhere. Might as well go ahead and start here. We didn't have a hell of a year. I'ma make it count why I'm here. God is the only man I fear.
been so many things that's held us down But now it looks like things are finally coming around I know we've got a long, long way to go And where we'll end up, I don't know But we won't let nothing hold us back We're putting our shirts together We're polishing up our act
was The Bigger Picture by Little Baby and Ain't No Stopping Us by McFadden and Whitehead. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for links related to tonight's show. Special thanks to author Lisa Renee Johnson of Surviving the Chase. Check out our website, lisareneejohnson.com. And Black on Black Conversation Against Police Brutality, check out their website at blackonblackconversation.org. Special thanks to our executive producer, Ms. M, our technical director, myself, and Frank Sterling. And I've also been your host tonight, Joy Moore, our production consultant. Stay tuned. Up next is Launda Bahiza. Peace.